Good morning, everybody. It is Father's Day, and Father's Day is a very special day uh, for me. Uh, I get to um, do nothing, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, celebrate with my kids and, and uh, give thanks for my father. But I shared that video because um, not everybody has a great experience with their father. And, and I know this, too. Everybody has a father who fails and sometimes doesn't keep his promises or something like that and because we're we're flawed and so this father's day I shared Jim Jim Daly's story and, and uh, I really encourage you to go to Facebook uh, I think it's on YouTube as well to watch the whole thing it's a 20 minute interview and if you haven't heard his story um, it's a it's an amazing story of where God brought him from <clears throat> from three fathers to, through foster care uh, into where he leads focus on the family now the reason I share that with you is because no matter what you've experienced or no matter how you've been a father. So um, this, this idea of, you know, fathers failing us and then needing to come to fa our father God. That, here's what I know. God redeems everything in our lives. And he will come just as, as uh, Jim was saying there. He will come and he will make himself real to us. And that's my prayer for us today is that we will know God in such a way. As a matter of fact, the theme that we're on right now of abiding in the Father and the Father in us, it's a great picture and, and it's very real. And so uh, I want to invite you to pray. Uh, if you're in the house with a father, you just kind of put your hand on them and, and let's agree together. So Lord, I thank you for fathers. We acknowledge that Every father on earth is flawed and, and makes mistakes. We pray, God, that those of us who are fathers would find the grace to make those things right. But, Father, whatever has happened in our lives, whatever our father relationship has been, we pray that you would redeem however it went for your glory, God, and that you would make us people who minister out of the goodness of you as our father. You are the father who we can come to and trust and give everything to. And Father, I thank you for the earthly fathers, the ones who we're sitting right with. And I declare, God, your blessing over fathers and over children who are ministered to by their fathers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I want to um, just go back to our series in uh, John chapter 15. Uh, it, and uh, that's where it started. In John chapter 15, it's... Jesus talked about abiding in him. And we talked about how uh, in my father's house are many mansions, and it's all of those, and, but that we're not supposed to just live with God uh, in eternity in heaven, but we're meant to live with God here. And that's really, um, that's really what, we're, what we're all about. Uh, we, we want to live with God in this time. Abide with him, live with him, and in Jesus. So here's the thing. I want to just review. Abiding includes connection, communication, and compliance. So I'm trying to walk my way through where we are today. So uh, abide to abide means we have a connection with God. We are communicating clearly, and we are a people of compliance. And we have talked about connection a few weeks ago. We talked about making a good connection and things that get in the way. You can find that on our website or YouTube if you missed that one. And last weekend, we talked about communication. And so last weekend, here were the pieces I gave you about communication. Uh, the keys to communication 
our focus. And so we talked about Jesus and how his focus was only on what he saw the Father doing. And the fuel, and we talked about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is the key. He speaks to us and he leads us and guides us. And then we talked about what it means to come. Be when you have those two, a focus on what God wants and the fuel of the Holy Spirit, you can actually come to a place of clear communication. So clear communication is where we're at today. So that's the picture. We, you know, we went to the three and then the other three, and now we're in clear communication. And I want to talk about what it looks like to have clear communication. So uh, when, we, when, we, when we want the Father, when we have the Spirit, we, we come to a place of clear communication. So I'm going to give you three things today that are part of clear communication. So we've done three, and then we did three, and now we're doing three. I don't know why, but that's just the way it turns out. So I, I would share with you today three pieces of clear communication. Number one, with, when communication happens, you have to speak. So uh, you have to tell the person something. And so we have to be a, a people who speak to God with an honest heart. Secondly, we need to be a people who listen to God with an open heart. So speaking and then listening. And finally, the third thing in clear communication is we need to be a people who respond to God respond to what he has said to us. So here we go. Let's go through those three today. What does it look like to speak effectively to God? What does it look like to speak effectively to God in our lives? So um, for me, I'll just share a few things. For me as a follower of God, as, a, as someone who is working at abiding in God, I have some things that are easy about speaking. And to be very honest, I have things that are hard about speaking. Some things don't come as, as easy to me. So here are some things that I've learned over the years to be at, at ease with when I'm talking God. One thing that I'm comfortable with is just thanks. Thanks. I, I'd have no problem finding things to thank God for. I thank God for health. I thank God for my family. I thank God for my house. I thank God for employment. I thank God for fine, whatever. It's not hard to thank God for me. That's an easy thing to speak to him. So, and it's one of the things we ought to do in our communication with God is thank him. Uh, the second thing that I have really no problem with is glorifying God. And so, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, hallowed is your name. And so, I, it's not hard for me to say, God, you're merciful. God, you are, you are loving. God, you are kind. God, you are gracious. God, you are righteous. That's, that's not hard either. So, I, that's an easy, for me, that's a, a way that I can speak easily. And, and the third thing, to be honest, um, pr pretty much, I, I don't have a problem asking God for stuff. Uh, it's pretty, pretty much, you know, God, I want this or I need this. And I'm not talking about it in a selfish way, although I'm sure some of them are. I'm talking about just the reality. I don't have a, these are things that are easy for me to speak to God. But here are some things that, to be very honest, are hard for me when I'm speaking to God. And they're part of speaking honestly. One of the things that's hard for me when I'm speaking to God is to lament. Lament is really that word that means you, you allow the grief, you acknowledge the, the pain and the sadness, and you, and you talk about it. I'm not naturally comfortable talking to God in that way, and I'll tell you in a little bit why that is. The second thing that I'm not great about talking to God about is emotions. I'm not that great about talking to God about my emotions, how I feel. I'll tell you why in just a moment. I'm also not, I'm very, I'm very not good. Uh, is that not, I'm very not good at, 
at, at sharing my doubts and my fears with God and being honest about my doubts and my fears. And the fourth thing that I'm very uneasy with is questioning why God and when. Now, why, why are all those hard? Well, to be quite honest, when, when I uh, begin to think about my doubts and fears, I'm afraid to say those to God because I'm afraid then they're going to count against me and I'm going to lose my, you know, my, my uh, standing. I'm going to lose all the things I said that were good and he's going to say, oh, you have, you have doubts and fears. I can't help you. Or, or uh, to say to him that, <laughs> God, when, when are you going to do this? I don't see you. It just feels to me like accusing God and it feels like we shouldn't do that. But I know that's not true intellectually because of where we go into uh, the Word today. We're going to look in Psalms, and again, you, you know that David was very honest with God and very raw. And I, I don't share those things to say, you, you struggle with those. Maybe those are easy for you. Uh, I, think, I think for me, just, just growing up in a Christian church, in a family, it just was, I, I guess, impressed upon me that you, you just don't complain to God. And so I, I tend to not be honest with God. It, you can't have clear communication if you're not willing to be honest. So we have to speak with honesty. Now, I want to I look at a couple of passages, a couple of uh, parts of the Bible. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And it's the story about the Pharisee and the publican. And uh, I don't know if you can read that on your screen or not, but, but uh, it's, it's verse 9, he told a parable. Jesus told a parable uh, because he wanted them to see what, what true faith or what true honesty looks like when people come to God. And uh, so this is the Pharisee, the very religious person, comes to pray. And the, the publican or the tax collector or the, the guy who is the lowest, he's, he's not righteous at all in the eyes of the Pharisees. He comes to pray also. And the tax collector, or sorry, the Pharisee says, God, I thank you. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. Now, the Pharisee was focused on the good things. He's like, God, I'm, I'm being a good boy. <laughs> I'm a really good boy, and I want you to know that because you see, that, that's kind of what I was talking about. It is not hard to say, God, I glorify you and worship you, and, and I've been praying. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven. But he was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Would you say that with me? God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Say it again. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. A key, a key to speaking with effectiveness with God is to humble ourselves. And religiosity, years of religious teaching will keep us from being honest and being humble and saying, God, to be honest right now, to be, to be really brutally honest, God, I doubt that you exist. See, for many of us, myself included, we think, oh, oh, don't, don't say that. But you're not being honest if you're not sharing it. And God wants you to come humbly to him. 
and just be honest. Or you, or you say, God, I, God, this is my situation right now. I have, I, have, I have been faithful. I have tried to live my life for you. And I, have, I, have, I know I've failed. I've not done it right. But God, in Jesus, I'm supposed to be righteous. Why aren't you doing anything about this? Oh, oh wait a minute. Don't, don't challenge God. I have actually heard sermons that say you should never ask God why. That's not true. That's not true. Why, God, aren't you doing this that I've been asking you? It's okay to ask God to be honest because if you don't ask why but you're wondering why, you're not being honest with God and you're not being humble. Let's look at another example in Psalm chapter 73 of teaching us how we should pray. And uh, this is a long psalm. So I'm just going to sort of run down through it here. This is David. And David essentially, oh, this is Asaph. Uh, who wrote this song. And he's essentially going through <laughs> this question. Uh, I'm just going to boil it down there. He, he, one of the things we have to learn to do is be raw and real with God. Okay, so he says this. He says, this is what the wicked are like. They're always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Then he says this. He says, surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. And if you look at that, you read all the way through that psalm, you see Asaph saying, here, listen, God, you're supposed to bless the righteous and not the evil people. But when I look, I see people who don't acknowledge you at all being blessed. And he says, what's going on, God? Why am I being righteous? Why am I trying to even follow you? I'm not being blessed. Listen, can you imagine asking God that in your own life? You say, God, I look around. I see people who are millionaires and, and billionaires, and they are not God-honoring. What is going on? And for many of us, again, that, that's kind of like, well, you, you, can't, you can't ask God that. You just, you just His ways are higher than our ways, and so you just have to accept it. I submit to you today that if you are not willing and able to be honest with God about the truth of what you're feeling in your heart, you're not going to have clear communication. You're going to have limited communication. And listen, this has a lot to do with being willing to even look at the pain in your own life. I, as I shared that about fathers this morning, I, I almost didn't share it. You know why? Because I didn't want to share something negative. Because, because um, there's a few people here in the room and you, because if, we, <laughs> if we're honest, there were, there were painful things with our fathers. Everybody has something that was a failure. My, my kids have things that I have been a failure at. As much as I wanted to be perfect, <laughs> I, I didn't. I can't. But if we're not willing to allow that and say, okay, God, this was really painful in my life. If we're not willing to say, my dad failed me and take it to God, God it's not going to come to a place where we can hear what God has to say about it. You have to be open to the thing before God can speak into the thing. So we need to be honest with God and let our guard down, and we need to be uh, lamenters sometimes and, and grievers and being able to go into the dark place. Uh, you know, uh, Pete Scazzaro talks about the, uh, the dark night of the soul, and I know a lot of Christians who are unwilling to acknowledge that I'm in a painful place right now. I'm in a dark place because that doesn't seem very good 
well, if you're not, if you're in a dark place, you just don't have enough faith. Or if you're in a dark place, you just, you're probably not reading your Bible enough. Or if you're in a dark place, you probably aren't praying enough. Or if you're in a dark place, you probably don't sing worship songs enough or whatever. And we come up with all kinds of things. But here's the truth. If you read the Bible, like, honestly, you read Psalms especially, you see people who followed God who were in a dark place no matter how much they followed Him. Sometimes this happens. God allows us to go there. Listen, God did not cause coronavirus as a judgment on anybody. I don't, I don't believe that. God doesn't do that. But coronavirus came because we live in a fallen world and sin has made it broken and, and the world is broken. But here's what I do know. God is using, in your life, He's using coronavirus right now. Anybody tired of being at home? <laughs> I got some amens here. Anybody, I, if I, I'm, we got to get out, right? And, and then when we're in the house with the same people all day, every day, that's all I got to say, <laughs> right? So, so what's happening? God is giving us an opportunity to look inside. Why am I so irritated? No, no, listen, if we're not careful, we look at look outside. We say, oh, yeah, you know, I spend every day with Caleb and Seth in my house. And look at, I can see a lot more what's wrong with them now. That would be the wrong, the wrong message to dig out of this time. The right message is to say, this is, this is painful. I am frustrated. I am angry. No matter which side you're on, you know, there's lots of crowds who are, who are rioting or protesting. And there's, I think there was a crowd last night at Donald Trump's rally. And no matter which side you're on, you're sort of saying, how can they do that? Anybody else? I, I can't see you raise your hand. But my point is, there's frustrations in this. And if we're not willing to be honest, we're not going to find what God wants to say to us about this, which is the second thing that you have to have for clear communication is good listening. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They listen to my voice. A couple of things that are easy for me with listening at this point in my life, right? At this point, I have learned to enjoy being quiet. I know that probably sounds amazing uh, if you've been around me much, but I have, I've learned to enjoy just being quiet, just being still. And I'm not saying that I do it all the time, but I've learned to enjoy that. I've learned to enjoy writing down what I hear and what I feel like God is saying in my journal. And especially this year after Caleb gave me that fountain pen. And I, I love writing with that fountain pen. But I love even more hearing what God is saying and writing that down. But here are some things that are hard for me in listening. And I, I, want to see, I wonder if you identify with these. It's hard for me to clear my ears and my mind. Uh, we have these uh, these earbuds that we use. I think I have them here somewhere. And so these things, you know, are made to fit in your ears, and, and they're made to keep the sound out. And so if you've ever been here when the worship team is, is rehearsing, uh, this happens all the time, and, uh, you know, Nancy's got these things in her ears. And I, I say, Nancy, and she doesn't even look because she doesn't hear me because her ears are clogged up with these things, Right? 
or if you you know if you have anybody in your house that likes to listen to music all the time with headphones or earbuds or whatever, it doesn't you know you're you're it's you understand it keeps you from listening. But we have the same thing in our in our communication with God. We have stuff in our ears. This kind of gross, but I don't know how old I was, but uh, my ears got so packed with wax that I had to go to the hospital and they had to spray a stream into my ear. I'll never, I'll never forget that. It was one of the most painful things I've ever had happen. My ears were stopped up, right? And, and with our listening to God, our ears can get stopped up. I, I, sometimes I have, I have a hard time being focused. Sometimes I close my eyes and say, Lord, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm here to focus on you. And my mind immediately says, I haven't eaten today which is not God speaking to me, right? Or my mind says, if you don't get that, uh, that note to Nancy, she's going to really be angry. No, she, <laughs> she's not going to be angry. But, but you, anybody else, you, you, it's hard for me to just stop my mind and say, God, I just want to come to you, and I just want to be quiet. I, that's sort of the unstopping of the ears. Uh, it's hard for me uh, to make time and make the the time to listen important enough to do it. I'm just being honest with you. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about prioritize your time. Anybody remember that? It's like everybody gets up. It doesn't have to be morning time, but you first thing you do, spend time with God. And I just want to be, you know, open with you that there are a lot of days where, uh, yeah, there are a lot of days, some weeks where I just don't do that. It's hard. It's hard to make that the first thing because my mind wakes up thinking about stuff I got to do. I don't know if this identify, you identify with this. Uh, I, a hard thing for me in listening is waiting for an answer. I don't really enjoy waiting for the answer. I, want, I would really like it today. Okay, God, I asked you the question, what's the answer? I remember uh, Linda and I, years and years ago, we, we went away for a time of prayer and discernment because we wanted to hear whether she was supposed to teach at this school or this school. It was really a, a decision she had to make. And so uh, this is before our, our, the boys, before any kids. And we went away to this bed and breakfast and we went upstairs and we shut ourselves in and we decided we're going to pray until we hear what God has to say. How many of you know the problem with that? Well, we only had so much time because we only booked the house for so much time. So we put God in a little window and said, here, here we are, God. We're going to fast and pray till we hear what, hear what you say. And so we did this. And we, it was a nice, really nice place that had multiple rooms. And so Linda went to one room and I went to another room. And we would just spend, you know, X number of minutes, I don't know, 20 minutes, a half an hour, just praying and seeking God and just saying, God, this is what we need to know. We need to know where Linda should teach. It's a very specific question, God, and we need you to answer now. And do you know that he didn't answer for quite some time? But he kept, he did speak to us. He started telling us about how much he loved us and how much he cared for us and how much he, he enjoyed being with us. You know why? Because that's what we needed to hear. I'm not really good at waiting for the answer. I'm not good at coming back to hear what I asked. I'll come to God and ask him something and then I forget I even asked. And I go on and I, I don't even wait and, and come back. Um, 
So here's a couple of things we need to do to listen. I'm running out of time. We need to clear our ears. We need to clear our ears. What's blocking your spiritual ears? What is blocking your spiritual ears? Let me give you four things that can block your spiritual ears. Number one, anxiety and fear can block your spiritual ears. If you are, if you are overwhelmed with anxiety and fear and you can't bring it to God and, and allow him to let and roll it over onto Jesus, it will stop you from hearing what he wants you to hear because he might say something, he probably will say something that is beyond what you could imagine. And if you are fearful, you say, that can't be God because God always does safe things. That's not true. Uh, here's the second thing. This is a thing that will keep you from hearing us stop up your ears and that is family voices. Family voices. This can be your extended family. It can be your immediate family. But it's the kind of thing that, that your family has spoken over you. You're going to do this or you're not going to do this. How could you even think that you're going to do that? Whatever, those kinds of things can come in. And so God begins to speak truth about who you really are, but your family voices are in your head and you just can't hear. They're stopping up your ears. Cultural pressures can stop up our ears. That's not okay to do that. If God called you to go out right now to the square of Harrisonburg and begin declaring the message of good news, I bet you you would, you would say, eh, that, that's kind of weird. That's a cultural issue that can keep us from hearing, and pleasing others can keep us from hearing others. So clear your ears, clear your channel. Clear your channel. Uh, this is really based on technology. So I have my phone sitting right here because it has a it has a clock on it. That's why I have it sitting here. I'm not watching. Um, there's nothing to watch. Like there's no sports on or anything. So, uh, but but I do have a lot of apps on it as well. A lot of apps, and I can spend a lot of time uh, looking at them. I can go, you know, browse through my email, or I can browse through Twitter, or I can browse through Facebook, or whatever. Um, and, and the truth is, no matter how you cut this, no matter who you are, you have some level of attachment to this that is keeping you from hearing God. So, uh, to be honest... When I really want to focus on God, I have to keep this in another room. I am distractible, easily distractible. It's easy for me to, to just turn the computer on, look at it, look at the phone. So we need to clear our technical channels. See there, I closed the clock while I was talking to you. That was tricky, wasn't it? So we need to clear, we need to be connected with God in a way that is clear. Get rid of the technology and take a, listen, another thing that we, we need to do to clear our channel is, is we are always on the go. We have to take Sabbath. And this is something that I am working on and I find hard to do. But I know the value of taking 24 hours away from work and I can, I feel the, 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 the change that it makes in hearing God. Um, thirdly, to clear our channel to be more effective, we need to overcome our nature to always do, and we need to learn to be. Just be. Just be God's. And for many of us, that's uncomfortable. I have to, I have to move. I, 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 I can't hear God. If I get quiet, it's just distracting. Yeah, that's part of, 
That's part of what we have to overcome and just clear our channel. And then we need to be willing to listen. Uh, even, when, when Dave, or even when Asaph felt what he did in Psalm 47, it's clear that through the end of that, he says, yes, but I'm going to worship you or whatever. It's kind of the Psalms always come back that way. And even when we're, we're, we're more connected here, uh, if you're honest with me and, and you're like me, it's a lot easier to talk to Christy here than it is to talk to God. Right? Because she's right here and, and I can see her face and I can see if she's paying attention or if she's turned her head from me. I, I don't have any problem with communication. Well, I'm sure that's not true completely. I mean, there can be problems with communicating, but it's a lot easier. So we have to be willing to go beyond that. Okay. So we need to speak with honesty. We need to clear our ears to listen. And there's a lot of things we can practically do to make that happen. The final thing is, if we're going to have clear communication with God, we need to be people who respond, who respond to what he said. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean go and do it. It, do, it does mean do something with it. Okay, so uh, so here's here's some things that are easy for me about responding to God. This is things that I find easy. Um, I find it easy to write them down. I find it easy to be thankful for what God said. I find it even easy even to share with other people what God has said to me. That's doing something with it. That's responding with it. But what's hard for me about responding is remembering what God has said. So I have you know I have my my journal and I write down the message God. God, God share with me, and, and so often they're, they're just encouraging. They're just, you know, they're, uh, God is approving in Jesus and so forth, and, and I have that, and I write it down, but I, I forget later in the day, and I start to just follow the messages that are in my, in my uh, soul from woundings. I follow the messages of the, of the enemy of our souls. I follow the messages of the world around me, and I forget. So I, I have trouble sometimes remembering what God has, what God has said. I have trouble sometimes continuing what God has said. Yeah, he says, he says to do this. You know, and I've, I've had times where just in my time with God, I felt like he said, you need to, uh, you need to do this with, I actually have had, you know, times where I said, you need to do this with your oldest and this with your second and this with your third and this with your fourth in regard to my children. And, and I, I have trouble continuing that or finishing that. I don't, I don't know if I have anybody that can identify with this. Here's, here's a thing that I also have trouble with. I struggle with sharing personally with my family, with those who are closest to me. And I had to, I had to, really, I had to really go through this a bit as I prepared this message. And I said, God, why is that? Because I know it's true. I, I just, I, you know, I hear from the Lord. I'm excited about what I heard from God. And, you know, an example this morning was I... Um, I woke up with "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so," uh, which we sang today. And when I went downstairs and I got the the scriptures to read today out of my common uh, prayer booklet, uh, the first one that I read, um, oh, I've lost my place. Well, the first psalm that I read specifically used the word "redeemed," that God came and He redeemed them from where they were. And I thought, well, that's pretty neat, you know, because. I'm saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the second thing that the second scripture that I read this morning was out of Ruth chapter three. If you know anything about the story of Ruth, you know it's a story of redemption. <laughs> and I I read Ruth chapter three, and near the end of that, 
it's when uh, Boaz talks about he, he will redeem her unless the other relative redeems her. And I thought, well, that's really, really so affirming. And then the final passage that I read today, and I, I will, if you ask me, I'll show you that this was just out of the book, is a passage that I planned to use to wrap up this sermon. And so I planned to use Peter as an example of someone who heard from God. And specifically the time when the sheet came down and he had the vision and God said to him, uh, here are the, all of these animals that you, you previously couldn't eat. I'm going to ask you to get up and they're clean. They're clean. In me, they're clean. And Peter said, no way, God. It says it happened three times. He had to work through that. But eventually Peter, his ears got unstopped. And he said, okay, God is saying something new. And he goes to Cornelius. That was specifically, Acts chapter 10 was my passage to read today. And it is, it is exactly that passage. Exactly the one. So anyhow, I, I say all that because I, I, was, I was like, that's really cool, God. Thank you. I, I like when you do things like that. And, and it was affirming. It was like, okay, uh, the message is on track. The worship is on track. We, you know, we're in the right place. But I was sitting with Linda at the table before I left. And I struggled to share it with her because I thought, she's going to think so. Now, that's not true because I, I, <laughs> because I knew I was going to share this message today. I was like, I cannot not share with her this morning. So I, I said, oh, hey, I want to show you this. And I showed her the things. That, you know, she didn't say, oh, so what? She said, that's really cool. And it encouraged her. It brought her faith. But I'm just saying, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time sharing personally with family or close friends because because of fear. I'm not, I don't want them to think I'm just making things up. All right. A couple things you need to do to respond to what God says. Number one, write it. Number one, write it. Become a writer. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write it so that, here, the Lord gave this answer, write down clearly on clay tablets what I reveal to you so that it can be read at a glance, so that it's quick I, you don't have to write it on clay tablets. You just need to write it. You know, and, and so God, God's, how many of you would agree that if God said something, we should remember it? We should write it. We should, we should make note of that, right? So when God speaks to us, we write it down. Number two, tell it and test it. Write it and then tell it and test it. So when you hear something from God, when, you, when you've spoken and you've been honest with him and he begins to speak to you either through the scriptures or through uh, just hearing in the spirit, or it can be in a worship time, whatever. When he speaks to you, tell somebody. Like, like I, just, I just shared with you. Now, that one was just kind of a, a, a neat, I mean, nobody can really argue with that. They're like, no, that's not God. Um, I'm sorry. I just, this was totally not just a coincidence. This was God affirming uh, me, But some things we're not sure about. And we're not sure if it's God. So that's part of the reason to tell it is you need to test it. Because if God says, uh, I, want you to, I want you to go uh, to Ecuador and I want you to spend time there as a missionary and I want you to whatever and whatever. And if you just do it, you, you, you're in dangerous territory because none of us hear God perfectly. So you tell it to somebody and you test it. And then the third thing is you do it. You do it. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I, I've, I'm having trouble hearing from God. And, and they said, well, why would God keep talking to you if you're not paying attention and you're not doing what he said the last time? So 
do it. Uh, I think sometimes we're not hearing God because we haven't done what he said before. Do it. Write it, test it, do it. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm out of time. Read Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 16 today as a follow-up to the message. I know you are just anxious to get into the follow-up and go through it. Read Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 16 about Peter on the roof as a picture. Okay, Peter was there talking to God. Peter listened to God. The vision comes. He hears from God, and he struggles with hearing it because of his religious background, because of the rules that he had, and he struggles to hear it. But when he finally hears it, if you read the whole story, he goes and a household gets saved because he listened to God, and he, he, he did it, right? So that's a picture you can use today just to, just to help you wrap this up. So again, in John chapter 15, we started this with, Jesus' invitation to abide with him. Abide in heaven and abide now in him. And abiding includes connection, communication, and compliance. And communication, that's where we're at right now. Communication is made up of focus on what God says, the fuel of the Holy Spirit so that we can have clear communication. And today we talked about clear communication, right? And clear communication is speaking, listening, and responding. So you see how those follow each other? All of this is about abiding. I, I want to abide in God and God in me. And I want you to do that as well. He never meant for you to be alone. He never meant you, for you to do it all by yourself. He never meant you, for you to just figure it out in your own mind. He is with us and he will speak to us and he will lead us and he will guide us. And he, will, he invites us to be in him and us in him. So here are a couple of questions and then we'll wrap up today. Out of everything that we that I talked about today, speaking, listening, and responding, what's easy for you? And when I say easy, you might say, well, none of them. What's easier than the others? Are any of those easy? And when I say speaking, again, if you go back and look at what I was talking about, speaking honestly, being raw and real with God, just opening your heart to is that easy? Or is listening, are you are you you just don't have a problem hearing from God. You like listening. You're able to quiet your spirit and your soul. Or is responding the easiest thing for you? What is easy for you? And then secondly, the follow-up question is, what is hard for you? But why is it hard for you? This is the work that you can do on your own as a follower of Jesus. If you want to abide in him, this is what you can do on your own is say, is what's easy for me and what's hard for me? Because... God wants you to pursue abiding in Him because His invitation is live with me, live in me, and I'll be in you, and my love will be in you, and you will be in my love. That's what God wants for us, and that's why we need to do the deeper work of saying, if I want to abide with God, I need to learn to communicate well and be with Him. Would you just pray with me as we wrap up today? And just, if you wouldn't mind, just, just open your hands in a posture of receiving. And now we declare, God, your goodness and your love and your grace and your mercy, your kindness, your faithfulness, that all of these are ours 
in Jesus. And so even as we've done this study and we've talked about the reality of abiding in you, God, we want to learn how to abide in you so that we bear fruit. And we want to learn how to abide in you so that we live in your love and your love lives in us, change us, transform us. But God, I bless the church. I bless everyone listening today with a newfound uh, ability or anointing to speak with you honestly, to listen to you with open ears and to do what we've heard from you so that we are pursuing, we are getting deeper in our abiding with you. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a day of uh, enjoying your father or uh, whatever you're going to do. Uh, you can't go out to eat, probably. Well, maybe you can. I don't know. But uh, whatever you're going to do, happy Father's Day.